Warning, this podcast contains graphic and triggering language and content that may upset and disturb some listeners. Please seek professional help if needed. Welcome to What's Your 20. I'm Anthony Mann. And I'm Emily Zufeld. The concept behind What's Your 20 is a mental health check-in. This isn't just for first responders and armed forces. It's for anyone who's experienced or dealt with trauma. It's going to be a look at where you've been, where you're headed, but most importantly, where are you right now? We're inviting you along to join us on this journey where we'll be navigating, managing, and living life with PTSD. Welcome back to What's Your 20. I'm your host, Emily Zufeld. If you had tuned in to our first three episodes, you would have heard a 1078 call opening the show. If you're plugging in with us today, you'll have noticed its absence. Through the comments and messages of listeners, it was brought to my attention how the show opener was affecting them. People had the courage to share some of their personal moments of their own PTSD journeys with me. More importantly, they found their voices and asked for what they needed. Now I created the show opener to evoke deep emotion, not to cause greater distress or trigger listeners into panic and anxiety. But unfortunately, that's what it was doing. Now I could have simply told the listeners, just skip the first 30 some seconds and then move on. Instead, I had the inspiring words of Canadian Armed Forces veteran and Police Sergeant Andrew Goff rise to the surface. I still remember him sitting across from me and saying, I want to be the leader that I didn't have. I want to be the leader that I didn't have. I've spoken of leadership in the past and how I feel that those who are in positions to affect change only provide hollow words and lip service. They continue to let their people down over and over again. The needs and words of the military and first responder community continually fall on deaf ears. To all of those who have taken the time to plug into the podcast and listen to me, let me say this to you. I hear you and I'm listening. Your needs are important, your feelings are valid, and your words have not fallen on deaf ears. Not only do you have my word that the 1078 call will no longer open the show, you have my actions to back it up. For our fourth episode, I'm truly honored to have Canadian Armed Forces veteran Gordon Hicks and his daughter Isabel Hicks as my guests. Gord is the creator and first participant of the 24 Hours of Heroes event. In the wake of COVID, his daughter Isabel stepped in she took this nonprofit online and then turned it into a national event that has raised over $140,000 that has partnered with Wounded Warriors Canada and National Service Dogs. Their incredible work has even spawned a sister event in Australia called 24 Hours of Heroes Australia. With this year's event happening on November 13th and 14th, this humble duo invited me into their home so that I could find out what exactly is 24 Hours of Heroes. So 24 Hours of Heroes was started by my dad back in 2016. The initiative was really just to raise some more awareness regarding our mental health and first responders and veterans, but especially those living with PTSD. And so it began really just as a 24-hour event with my dad and one of his buddies cycling through hero workouts 
at one of the local gyms here in town and just people stopping in, raising some money, having a good time. And from there, it's grown every year into a, a nationwide event. Now, when you say a hero workout, what is a hero workout? So CrossFit hero workouts are they're named after in honor of fallen first responder or service member that's lost their lives in in the line of duty, whether it be, you know, in a, in a war zone, uh, due to suicide, tragic accident, you know, like a firefighter or police officer. Um, we do one for a snowboard pilot that was, uh, recently killed last year out in, uh, in BC and Kamloops. Yeah. So they're, they're hero workouts, CrossFit hero workouts, and they're typically like longer, more grueling workouts, CrossFit workouts that, that are meant to like put you in a, in a tough, physical and mental place and you know the point behind them is when you're suffering and you're in pain and you're thinking about quitting think about that person that you're honoring you're doing this workout for and how you know maybe they felt in their final moments of their lives or what their families are still going through so it becomes a mental game as well okay so you have to think about it and and for us it's about the stories you know every one of our hero workouts are canadian hero workouts okay we we honor all canadian first responders and veterans and yeah, we worked really hard for that. So yeah, different communities create these workouts. Mm-hmm. People that known them, people that work with them, people that worked out with them, and they create these workouts. We do the do the workouts, and then um, you know we've worked to do a, like a bio on all the workouts, so that because we we find it's about the story, about keeping the memory alive, right? Yes. Tell the story about this person, why we're doing this, because it's important to know, you know, not that we're working out and sweating in honor, like oh, you know, Nathan Cirillo. Is one right young man that lost his life in uh, in Ottawa. So Corporal Nathan Cirillo, Argyles of Canada, 91st Canadian Highlanders. Corporal Nathan Cirillo was killed on the morning of Wednesday, October 22nd, 2014, while standing sentry at the National War Memorial in Ottawa. He was gunned down in a terrorist attack on Parliament Hill while performing one of the highest honors bestowed upon the finest Canadian soldiers, standing guard with an empty rifle over the tomb of the unknown soldier. He was born 23 December 1989. Grew up in Hamilton, Ontario. His, mo- his mother, two sisters, and stepfather. Proud soldier who, as a teenager, dreamed of serving his country. Nathan became a cadet when he was just 13. He was remembered for his fondness of rescue dogs, enjoyed working out, and he was a very proud single father to his young son, Marcus. He is survived by his mother, Catherine, and two sisters, Nicole and Natasha. So that's kind of our, just our quick Coles notes of, you know, who we're honoring, why we're doing that. And, you know, there's lots of detail, like all of the information is on our website. You can click on it like, oh, you want to have a look at soccer seas? You can, all the men and women that were killed, you can see all their stories, where they're from, you know, who they were. Yeah, we have it all. You know, people hear the name and like, oh yeah, yeah, I've heard that name before, but we, we wanted to be more than just. Oh, I know that name. Why do I know that name? No, here's his story. This is who this young man was. This is what he was doing. So we, you know, we really go kind of, we try and go that extra mile and share the story every time so people know why we're doing it. You've brought up Nathan's name. Who would have made up Nathan's workout then? Um, So it was part of his old unit, Argos of Canada, 91st Canadian Highlanders. Yeah, so they made this workout and it was based on movements that he liked doing or that it's a workout that he would have typically done. Like this was his go-to. And most CrossFit people and workout people have this, you know, everybody has that one workout that they like to do. Yeah. 
right? So these are his signature moves. The signature yeah, moves. Yeah, that's a great way of thinking. But this was his signature move. This is the thing he liked to do. A lot of the hero workouts as well, the numbers or the rep schemes or the time that it takes to complete the workout usually have significance as well, whether it's the date of their passing okay. or their age or those kinds of things. So you see those extra layers of significance built into just the format of the workout itself as well. How do you keep track of these workouts? So it's 24 hours. So Yes, traditionally we've done our 24-hour event and we've had um, posted just in whatever space we're using. We've got them written out. And in CrossFit, usually people, traditionally at the start of a class, you'll have, it's called a whiteboard chat. Okay. And everyone kind of gathers and you go over what's the workout, what are the uh, movement standards, just to make sure that everyone's on the same page. That's usually when we also share our stories. Yes. Um, and then we go through the movements and everything, and that's when people kind of keep track um, and learn exactly what they're going to be doing if they didn't already. But we know some people, the reps can get pretty high or keeping track some people use poker chips or they write with chalk on the ground but it, it's quite often that people will lose track a little bit so sometimes yep. you do you do a little extra you do extra it's, <laughs> it's interesting i was doing a hero workout this morning uh with a friend of mine who's were you doing uh so this morning we did one for 911 so okay 9-11 memorial i was supposed to do it in september as part of a like a personal challenge but like life and work and everything kind of gets in front of you and then yeah, so I, I need to do a better job of making it priority. So, but anyways, we did 9-11 this morning. It's a long, grueling workout. It was 93 minutes to okay. get, get through it. And the, the, the guy I was doing it with, he commented that exactly, that when we were doing it, he's like, I hate it when you're partway through, you're in round five, and like, have I done 11 pull-ups, 12 pull-ups? I don't know, I better do a few more just in case. Make sure to fit them in. Because you never want to shortchange the reps, shortchange yourself. So yeah. shortchange the memory of, the, of exactly. what you're doing. It's 100%. important, right? So because right. you know it's really important to everybody. You know, I have a military background. I know it's super important to and it is to, to make sure you get the details right. Absolutely. People's people's names, people's dates, people's units, you know, mm -hmm. it is important. And that. Nathan is one close to my heart because yeah. uh, I mean I'm outside of the auto area. I was working the day that he mm. uh, he fell. Yeah. Uh, so that that was, was a uh, terrible terrible moment in Canadian history. It unfortunately, is. right? So yeah. going back to Nathan Cirillo, his workout is one of the more popular ones that we do. It is always full. So, you know, Isabel and Jen have transitioned due to the pandemic, uh, 24 hours of heroes to an online format. Okay. And with doing that, because of COVID restrictions and everything, there can only be so many people allowed in each gym at a time. This one fills up instantly every time. It's pretty fresh. People know it. It was, it was a, you know, a hard day in Canadian history. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's something that's never happened before on no. Canadian soil. And people are like, whoa, what just happened? That doesn't happen right? here. It doesn't happen in Canada, yeah. right? So yeah, that one's yeah, it's it's pretty popular for that, which is good. You know, keep his story alive, keep his memory alive. Absolutely, right? always share the story. And it's a legacy for him and his his son, right? Hundred percent. Yep. His son, as he's growing, can look back and go, look at what people have done for yep. my dad. Still, this is my dad. Daniel, yeah. Yep. Like we said, with the stories and everything, we've had family members of some of the heroes we've honored reach out to us or hear about us on the radio and come to the event. Oh, and yeah. it's usually not in a very vocal capacity. They don't want to particularly be recognized yeah. all of the time, but they want to be there. And I know we've had feedback from 
some family members who've just expressed their gratitude of everyone being there. And like I said, mm. keeping the story alive, raising money. So it's nice to know that what we're doing is tangibly leaving that and continuing that legacy. So you've got the workouts and then you just led into raising that money. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a big fundraising event. Yeah. Been going on since, well, now five years now? Uh, this is year six. Year right? six. Right. Year, year six. Year six, yep. How much have you raised so far in these uh, uh, five years? To date, we're about 139000 Really? It's grown every every year from the first year from a few the, grand yeah, to so over 50000 this in past year. In one year? Yeah. yeah. This first year, we were in around like six to 8000 And I think it was ma majority of people just coming by to see what, you know, Bob and I were doing, a friend that, that did it with me the first year. Because we did like back to back. He would do one. I would do one. He would do one. For 24, for 24 hours. hours. Okay. Um, terrible idea. <laughs> Not recommended. But I think a lot of people just come out like, you know, it's like paying to watch that 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 monkey on the corner banging the cymbals kind of thing. Like, <laughs> oh man, I can't believe these guys are doing this. Like, okay, I'll support them. But you, um, raised, you raised attention, right? Yeah, you got the conversation raised, going. And, we got, and that's what it was about, right? Getting the conversation started. And it's grown since then. And we did a... Big one pre-pandemic, year before pandemic at Fanshawe College. Mm -hmm. um, they donated their entire gym um, and we held the entire event in one location at this massive... It's uh, almost like an airport hangar yeah, type like idea. 12,000 square foot gymnasium at the college and it was really neat. The online format has been great too because mm -hmm. it allowed Isabel and Jen to reach out. They had people from Fredericton, New Brunswick to Victoria, B.C. So it had opened it opened it up on a national level then. For sure. In the past we've it's just been localized to our southwestern Ontario community because people would have to come to whatever central location or two we were hosting at. But with the virtual format, it's expanded to allowing gyms to host the event within their community. It's definitely less of a commitment than asking them to run the whole 24 hours. We're selecting just a smaller number of workouts for them to host within their community in that way. Last year, we had over 500 participants across the country. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely expanded our reach for sure. And we actually, this... The last winter, we expanded to Australia. We have now 24 hours here in Australia as well. Wow. So we had a gym reach out to us from Australia, um, like-minded individuals. They liked what we did. They left our format. They ran their own. Um, we have some partnerships, national partnerships, 511 Tactical um, is a you know worldwide kind of thing. They they supported both sides. Um, Wounded Warriors Canada, had in, in Australia, it's Wounded Heroes. Okay. Very similar thing. You know, there's some connections, some 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 connections there. So we were able to expand there as well. And I don't know what their final numbers were, mid twenties mm -hmm. for the first year event. Okay. Uh, mid twenty thousand dollars for, and they, I mean, our focus is PTSD service dogs. Yes. Um, Australia has a big homeless population, veteran homeless population. So that was their focus, where they put their their dollars towards. So if you're putting your money toward service dogs, who do you collaborate with then to do that? Yeah, for sure. So because we're partnered with Wounded Warriors Canada, they're more local organization that pilots their PTSD service dog program is National Service Dogs. And they're out of Cambridge, are they not? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've partnered with them since the beginning and have been actually able to place three service dogs in the time mm -hmm. that we've been running. The first was with a local veteran dog's name is Neville. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, our second one is NSD Ajax, um, and he was recently placed with uh, Peel Regional Fire as their in-house facility dog. Nice. Um, and he's doing 
Great work. He's doing great work. Yep. Um, and our last dog, we fully funded him and got to name him when he was a puppy. This is Nacho. He just graduated and he hasn't, uh, he didn't end up going into a, a PTSD or veteran placement, but he's going to be working in a school with kids. So canine, national service dogs, canine assisted intervention. They don't just fund PTSD service dogs or facility service dogs for first responders, mm-hmm. um, but they work in a lot of other domains and they try and really focus in on what the dog's personality is like and where they think it would fit best so that the people they're helping get the best care, right? Yeah, because there needs to be a connection between the handler, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, and, sure. Absolutely. and the animal. So. It, which, is, which is interesting. Um, the veteran that we placed Neville with came to our third year event, I think our third event, and he had Neville obviously with him. And I can remember this one point in time, he's standing in the, and Neville just stands beside him the whole time. Um, he's standing in the middle of the gym. A lot of people around, there's hundred-ish people around, a lot of anxiety. And you could see him kind of rubbing his hands and you could see the anxiety building in his body. And Neville noticed it and like stood up, bumped him, turned around and put his paws up on his shoulders. And you could see the the man's um, like stress level just come down. So he brought him back to the moment, right? Yeah. Okay. It was amazing, amazing. Because we've seen it. We've gone to national service dogs and like, okay, you know, do the thing. We'll give you a treat. So you know, it's it's their training. They're in training. The dogs are in training. So you see it happening, and it's neat to see it happen. But when you see it, you know, that organic, it happened because it needed to happen. Yes, was amazing. So mm-hmm. pretty cool stuff. Now, when you say you funded dog number three completely, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. nacho. Yeah. What does that take to fund that animal? How much are we talking about? So it was 30000 30000 30, to train. To yep. train and fund yep. the dog. Yeah. So Yeah, and then 10000 a year for maintenance after. So you so, keep up with the maintenance as well uh, then? Well, our funds keep up with the maintenance. So, you know, we give all our funds to National or to Wounded Warriors Canada and then... They funnel it into they, they whatever funnel. needs to happen at National Service Dog. And yeah. the past few years, we've been lucky enough to... Yeah. Like I mentioned, be able to name a dog or know that our funds were directed towards a certain animal. Mm-hmm. Service so. dog program, yeah. So. Okay, so what's behind the name Nacho then? Why that name? <laughs> so we got we got an end litter. So we were asked um, because you know we're we're one of their bigger supporters. Yeah. Um, they said, okay, well, you guys you have naming rights on a dog. Has to start with N. Has to start with an N. That's because they have certain like so it was Nacho. I can't even Neely, remember. Nelson, there's a whole bunch of yeah, them. So an, an, we just put it out to our community, just on Instagram. You got some ideas. We picked a few of the ideas, sent them into the more popular ones. To yeah, we picked three. We, we, we two national service dogs, and they were like, "Congrats, it's Nacho." There was another one that came up, but there was a previous dog, Who already a had previous that name. end letter that had that name. Okay. So Nacho had never been used before, so... So your upcoming event for year number six... Uh, November 13th, 14th. You've got participating gyms. Who, Correct. Who in the area is going to be doing that? Yeah, so, so far we have about 12 gyms registered. They're all in Ontario so far. We have a few in London, including um, West London CrossFit... There's CrossFit Strathroy in kind of Woodstock. Base, yep. There's a Duro Athletics, one in Lucan that is a Whole Fit. And I'm not, of course, going to be able to name them all, but we have one up in Kenora called CrossFit Core K Town. And Gravenhurst yeah. is Iron Lodge Fitness. Iron Lodge Fitness. All over so far, Ontario, but we're trying to reach out and just spread the word. People don't have to just participate at a gym. Mm-hmm. We offer scaling options and at home 
variations as well. So if people don't feel comfortable going into a gym right now or don't have a CrossFit or um, fitness community that they're currently a part of, they have options to be able to complete it at home or head to a park somewhere and do it with some of their friends. So we're trying to keep it as accessible as possible to everyone and be conscious still of the ongoing challenges of the pandemic, right? So is there a cutoff date? Do you have to register? No, uh, you do have to register. We're doing all our registration and fundraising through Race Roster. Okay. You can find it just by searching 24 Hours of Heroes 2021. And yeah, individuals were asking you to uh, donate at least $20 to participate. That's kind of your buy-in. Okay. And yeah, you can register for a workout at a gym, at home, as many as you'd like. Of course, cognizant that some gyms um, have a cap for how many people are allowed in the gym at a time. So we've been telling people that if there is a certain workout or a certain individual you're hoping to honor in particular, definitely to register sooner rather than later to ensure you get your spot. Okay. But individuals can register and fundraise right up to immediately before the event happens. So we're giving people lots of time. I know the first year we ran our virtual event last year we had a lot of registration and sign up from gyms even within the last two weeks because we're still in this kind of limbo state in the world people are still trying to figure out what works best for them so we're again trying to keep it accessible and give people as many opportunities as possible to join in. Speaking of joining in, say there's somebody who doesn't have the accessibility to work out anywhere, mm-hmm. but just wants to contribute. For Is sure. Is there a contribution um, location on your page? or? Yep, for sure. Just if they head to Race Roster and our 24 Hours of Heroes 2021 page, they can choose to donate just without participating, either just as a general donation, they can donate to an individual if they know someone. Yeah. Um, so we're asking as well individuals to fundraise within their family and friends as well. The, the CrossFit community tends to be very uh, competitive. So it's it's interesting. We have, you know, prizing for top fundraisers. Different people, you know, reach out to their community and that helps spread the message out even farther, right? Um, kind of they tell two friends, they tell two friends. And it grows so much through that. Um, that, you know, people just log in. Uh, one of our ambassadors actually has friends in Manitoba that uh, started donating to her. Because you can just, like, if you go to our website, our Instagram, all of it takes you, you know, there's links everywhere that takes you right to Race Roster or the, the donation places. So Okay, so you've got a person and they've signed up. You're going to start on the 13th. Walk me through the morning to walk me through how it starts. Yeah, so we usually try and start with an opening ceremonies just to kind of orient everyone again to why we're going to be there. In the past, we've had representation from the Navy through a color guard. We usually have a bagpiper yep. come in and usually we'll have a chat from a representative from Wounded Warriors Canada and national service dogs. Usually at our home base or also at some of our satellite gyms, we try and coordinate with national service dogs to have either puppies or trained service dogs there so that we get that physical presence in our community as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's usually just a little opening ceremonies. Again, get everyone oriented. And then we hop right into the first workout with our whiteboard chat, tell the story, and we get right to it. And then hour two comes along and next workout. Yep. Yep. Keep rolling through. And this goes on. Yeah. Yeah. So for uh, traditionally, it has been just every hour on the hour for 24 hours. So we would go overnight. But with the pandemic, when we changed to our virtual format, we decided just to make it a little bit more manageable for our host gyms deciding to participate. Just to do it two days and four workouts a day. 
to kind of keep the integrity of the two and four within our name. So they run every 75 minutes just because there has to be usually a little bit extra cleaning and transition of people. On our virtual days, it's usually working out and interacting with our community, Mm. a seven-ish hour day plus setup and yeah. take down. But that's certainly more manageable than our days when we would have to go into a facility the evening before, do all of our setup, and then the long cleaning and yeah. <laughs> takedown afterwards. The, the other nice thing about this this format is it's all run via Zoom. Everybody right can now. jump everybody, on and, and participate. Everybody, so 100%. everybody's connected. So you're in Ottawa mm-hmm. and you're watching and you see people in Strathroy, you see people in Victoria, you see people in Fredericton, and everybody's there on the screen chatting, interacting, sharing their stories. One person, you know, it's my moment to shine. It's when I, I usually do the talks share the stories, talk to people at the beginning. And, you know, I'm talking to everybody, you know, people from Ottawa, people from, you know, Victoria, people from, you know, Brandon, Manitoba, wherever it may be. And people get to interact back. Jen and Isabel do a really great job of running that through Zoom. I mean, that's a way to connect a bigger community without having to spread ourselves out so much. Just imagine having to spread, send a representative to each gym oh, you'd be to do, to do the, to the thing. So thin, yeah, of you, just, you know, you'd have to have ambassadors all over the place and sharing the same message. This makes it so much more accessible to everybody, right? right? Everybody, like you get, here's your link, you log in, great, everybody, here we are. Um, we run our home base at CrossFit Strathroy. Sherry and Bill at CrossFit Strathroy, they you know, open up their gym, like, yep, whatever you need. They've been on board forever since I think year two, they they, they jumped in with us. Actually, they, they worked out year one when when we did it and then realized like, man, this is a great idea, a great organization. And they've been a huge part of our success ever since. Huge part of, of helping out with everything. So um, yeah, they open up whatever you need. Sure. Use okay. our whole facility. And, and we've had throughout our years of growing and transitioning, yeah. we've had other gyms as well really support us, yeah. especially for our 24-hour events. Oh, yeah. We had hybrid fitness at the beginning and movement strength, which at one point we would start at one facility and through the night do a rock march through the city, targeting so some night. of our, some different locations yeah. and points of interest within yeah kind of memorials and different on the route and then ending up at the second location and doing the other half of the of the night or the half of the the event the event so we've definitely had a lot of buy-in from the local gym communities getting very on board Mm -hmm. and we're starting to see that definitely permeate throughout the rest of the province and the country now as people uh, become more aware and everyone's craving that big connection and being a part of something that's big and growing and meaningful especially now so Mm -hmm. we're definitely seeing a lot more traction across the country and now gord you were saying you started it with just a friend Mm -hmm. now isabel what happened with you to jump on board with that when did this come about for sure so kind of height of the pandemic we were just starting to have some challenges with how kind of to continue moving forward with the event and all of the uncertainty that was going on. And we were all going to kind of take a step back. But after reevaluating and we were able to kind of rope in one of our other friends and a local businesswoman, her name's Jen Limburner. She came on as our kind of social media and marketing director, but she has been certainly invaluable in helping us get a virtual format off the ground. So with her help, kind of her and I have worked very closely together to drive the and revamp kind of our event into this virtual format that's fitting with the pandemic. Mm. So (laughs) that's very humble. So I'm a, what's the terminology? Like meat and potatoes, boots on the ground kind of guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like you need something done, I'm your guy. Yeah. 
right? Get the shit so, done. Hundred <laughs> percent. I got my protein jar. People make fun of me all the time. Like, how are you running your donations? I've got a protein jar with Put a sticker money. on it. Put your money in there. Yeah. Like that's how I run it. And during the pandemic, I was really struggling a lot with everything going on. The big event that we ran at Fanshawe College was mentally taxing on me. It was a lot, and I wasn't feeling very positive and confident about moving forward in the event. And then Isabel came to me. She's like, you know. I have an idea. I'd really like to take this on. I'm like, you know what? Brought on Jen, who is, you know, social media, like that's her, that's her world. Between Jen and Isabel, they've taken it. And yeah, now I, I get, I get the fun part. I don't have to do any of the hard work. <laughs> I get to go to talk to people, share the story, do some workouts, you know, pet some dogs. But yeah, Isabel and Jen have definitely taken it. It's, it's interesting. The first year we're like, yeah, we're going to like live feed this through Facebook and we're, and we've got two, you know, mid forties guys trying to figure this out. Like, yeah, no that's matter. a lot of. Is this thing on? Is this on? How do you? Am I on the line? Like no. But Isabel and Jen have done an amazing job. So they, yeah, they. Isabel came to me and she's like, "Yeah, I, I really want to do this. This is something I'd like to do." And no, it's not. You don't have the headspace to really keep going at mm-hmm. this point in time. So she, her, is her, her and Jen, sorry, have really taken it, you know, the bull by the horns, as it were, and have been able to like revamp it and like blow it out of the water beyond our, our kind of wildest expectations. So, so amazing, uh, you stepped up and then yep. you stepped up the business. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. Well, that's how it caught me with yep. social media. Yep. So, what social media platforms are you on? Uh, we're just on Instagram and okay. Facebook. We certainly do most of our community involvement and. Like I mentioned earlier, the interacting with naming the dogs through Instagram. But we do have a a big community on Facebook as well. And we find that's often the easiest way for people to share with their friends and family that they're participating because they can really easily link it right to. To the older guys like me. Well, it's the older generations that came in with Facebook, right? For sure. Um, And we do also have a YouTube channel where we create our workout videos so that if people are doing it from home or want to go back and learn a little bit more about the workouts, especially that we did last year. They've got a place to go where it'll kind of debrief them almost as if they were at the event with us doing that whiteboard and chat. Whiteboard so if you, okay. want, if you want to tackle it again or if they wanted more information, that's certainly another platform okay. as well. Well, I see you're sitting in front of me sporting some merch and 24 Hours of Heroes. So good on you. Thank you. Uh, Waving the flag. So what else do you have? What do you sell? Where can it be found? Um, So we do have a shop through our website. Unfortunately, it's pretty poorly stocked right now just because there's been so many shortages in apparel. We're in the works of trying to get more t-shirts and tank tops. That's usually a pretty big staple for people who work out, especially in the CrossFit community. It's like, did the workout, got the shirt. Yeah, that's (laughs) totally it. (laughs) Um, Another big thing that we've been trying to do is um, the Velcro patches. We know that's really big uh, with first responders and veterans, whether it's on your your vest or your ruck or your uniform. We have patches on Ajax and some of our service dogs as well. So it's another, just a small little token that's really easy for people to carry around so we've had patches every single year Mm -hmm. different colors went through all of our logo changes so it's kind of a definitely people have growing collections of them but that's kind of where we're at right now now isabel told me gord that you are a veteran i am yeah and so tell me a bit about that um so joined in 1987 
1987, released 96, a couple tours, um, had a great job, loved what I did, but it's not, military life is, at some point in time you have to make a decision between family and work. There is no life work balance. No. I had a great job, close protection team member, which I loved, but Danielle was not a huge fan of. Depending on where you at, where you're at in your stage of life, it's good and bad. Yeah. And I love the military. I really do. I loved it. I enjoyed every moment of it. Hated. I shouldn't say every moment. I hated certain moments, but loved the experience totally. Okay. Would not change anything. Yeah, miss it less now as I get older, but still miss it. Have great connections with friends mm -hmm. and still a major part of your identity. Oh, 100 percent and heavily involved in a lot of veteran and military communities still. Where did you do your tours? I was in Kuwait in 91 and Bosnia in 94, 93, 94, 94. <laughs> and who, who were you doing close protection for? Uh, or can you say? I can, yeah, John Vance. Okay. Um, it's a tough one to say now because he's in the media. You know, I won't get too political, but the man that's in the media now is not the man that I was part of uh, John and Jack Vance. So Jack Vance was Jack, his dad, was the chief of defense staff in the early 90s. And John was uh, the uh, operations officer of 1RCR okay. at the time. So so now you are released, you come home, yeah. and you create this mm -hmm. nonprofit yep. for PTSD. We did, but yeah. you're talking about loving the job. Did you uh, ever succumb to any mental health concerns, um, PTSD at all? Or? I, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. I would say... There's definitely some markers in there, but I have a very supportive partner. Good communicators. That's important. So, 100%. I was part of, with my job, I was part of a team that helped debrief people, you know, post-traumatic injuries. Because, you know, in camp, as, as part of a close protection team, there's not a lot to do. When you're in camp, you know, you work out, find another job. Helping debrief, um, walk and talks, just basic stuff. Yeah, so it, was, it, it, it started early, I would say, you know, mid-90s, a couple of courses, having, you know, interesting time, always enjoying talking to people. That was, that was a connection. But I would say for myself, you know, I think with everybody, that, that combat veteran, mm -hmm. there's always something there. Yes. Everybody's seen something. There can't not something. be. Yeah, 100%. You know, you, you, you know, you've been to different places that people are not nice to each other. Um, you're going to see something. It's the way it works. But communication is definitely the key and, you know, really good partner for that. I've seen photos on your Instagram and social media, and you are one of the fittest families I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, and clearly, since you're doing the 24-hour workouts yeah. for heroes, the exercise and how that lends to mental 100%. health. 100%. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's a big part of the catch with this, right? Like, it really helps. Your mental state can be changed totally by a good hard workout, whether it be a good run, some people like to run, some people like whatever the workout is, that endorphin release from a good workout mm -hmm. can really help reset your mental state. To honor the heroes, I see you have a book there. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have a list of who all your heroes are? We do, yeah, on our website. Okay. Um, we put this together. We travel around to different events. Like last weekend, yeah, we were at Mud Girl in Tilsonburg. And we go and we talk to people and share events. We take our book with us, partially because I didn't know what the Wi-Fi connection was going to be. Okay. Yeah. So there is a list of some heroes? So here's a list of all our... Which you will honor us by yep. reading some Yeah, off. so this list is our, our list for this year yes. of our eight workouts. So the first is Cirillo. Next workout is called Stalker of the Seas, which 
honored six individuals who are on the uh, HMCS Fredericton in 2020. Next, we have Snowbird, which was, again, 2020. So we had a lot of newer workouts coming in. This was for Captain Jennifer Casey. We finished it with Ot Matero, who was a veteran who died by suicide in the early 2010s. Day two, we have Heidi, who was RCMP from out east. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goddard, who was actually the uh, Nicola Goddard, was a captain, was the first Canadian female soldier killed in combat. Bulger, another veteran, and uh, Patrick Pigeon, who was a veteran, a volunteer firefighter, and uh, worked in corrections as well. Checked so, a lot of boxes, yeah. Um, throughout yeah. Our, all of our workouts and all the heroes we honor, we really try and include as many different, re- like first responders, we've got veterans, firefighters, firefighters police officers, police, paramedics, corrections. corrections, yep. In our first virtual year, we also did a frontline healthcare workers workout because we know the prevalence of just anxiety and work-related stress in our nurses and physicians were so high and continue to be so high. And we like to keep an even mix of women and men and be inclusive of race. So we're really trying to work to be able to include as many people mm-hmm. as possible so that we can... Mm-hmm. Uh, grow the community and spread the word because this certainly isn't an issue that's isolated. No. Right? So. That's fantastic. Yeah. And what I like about your inclusivity is like take the correction officers. They sometimes are one of the last ones to be considered as a first responder. Totally. Right. But yet they deal with and see traumatic things. And then communicators, dispatchers. We don't have a workout for any of those individuals mm-hmm. yet, but we do have a few dispatchers in our community who mm-hmm. have certainly uh, helped out at our events and reached yeah. out to us. Our photographer for a few years, right? she, just, moved, she <laughs> just took a dispatch position in Edmonton this year. She was here in London for years. It's interesting about the corrections workers. It was brought up by a veteran who was in my unit, who's now a corrections officer here in town. And year four, he's there talking about the different workers. He goes, what's wrong? You got no corrections. I'm like, yep, you're right. So we took some time and we went, we took a couple of service dogs and went to the corrections facility here on Exeter Road and talked to people, talked to the corrections officers and saw what was going on. And I was blown away by the stress and trauma these women and men go through on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Think of your worst day and that times that by 10. That's what we deal with every single day in here. We've created, with their help, we created a workout for okay. corrections with some you know, crazy stats. You know, just like in every service, I think, you know, uh, corrections does that. Like, uh, it doesn't matter. I just got to keep going. Right. right. Oh, absolutely. Don't ask, don't tell. No code of or silence. code of silence. Like, oh, if I say something, people are going to think less of me. Like, uh, I'm good. I'm good. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It's seen as weakness if you, you know, ask for help or you, yeah. we, we spend a lot of time and we've created a, mm-hmm. a grind workout. Uh, for them <laughs> they asked for so, it <laughs> what, what a tough one here here you go here's a tough one and we right? find so. that in creating our workouts we're like educating ourselves properly mm-hmm. to yes. be able to do it justice but also with our platform then we're able to pass that on to people in a really digestible way that they're able to very easily connect to and engage with because it's through a workout 
-hmm. or we've compiled our information into a short bio and they get those snippets that they need to be able to connect with it and understand what's going on without necessarily having to be in it because we know not everyone has that opportunity. Well, and that's the thing that I think everybody's looking for, as, particularly as an individual who has dealt with trauma, is to be seen and to be heard. So yeah. whenever you add a corrections mm-hmm. uh, workout, that matters. They've mm-hmm. been heard, they've been seen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the other thing I really appreciate is the gentleman you have up right there is that it was by suicide. Mm-hmm. Yes. How many organizations are honoring our members that are no longer here because of suicide, right? They're not being put on the memorial on Parliament Hill. Mm. There had to be a separate one for that. So so this one was created uh, up in your neck of the woods, CrossFit Beck, uh, Brockville. Okay. A couple of former um, high-level, we'll call it, yeah, JTF, some JTF operators from up there. And they were really frustrated by this because this is not recognized by the, officially recognized by the CrossFit community because this young man died by suicide. So they won't recognize it. They will not. They will not. It'll be recognized by me. So I appreciate it, and I think that's fantastic. And I'm assuming the people who love that man, say his name again? Corporal Charles or Chuck Wahome material. The people who love him Mm -hmm. will appreciate the addition and the inclusion. I know we do. So is there anything that I've missed that I need to know or that the community (laughs) needs to know about you guys or about what's going to happen on the 13th and the 14th of November? No, I think you've done a yeah. great job of kind of summarizing everything that we do. We just, we want to keep growing and educating people and pushing our message because we know there's strength in numbers. And the more people that know about this and that can raise funds, hopefully we can start reducing some of the prevalence and the need for events and organizations like ours. That's National Service Dogs gets over 5,000 requests for PTSD service dogs every year. Okay. They put up around 20. That's all that gets put out, like, which would be a high number. And it's crazy. And for us, you know, a big part of this is the conversation, saying this person's name, you know, remembering them. Make it normal. Yes. Sit around yep. the table, whether we're drinking coffee or mm-hmm. having a beer, to be able yep. to have this conversation yep. about wellness. Yep. For sure. We've got to be able to have the conversations because, you know, there's so many so many people that just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this workout. Okay, why? Well, because it's a hard workout. I'm like, all right, well, I can appreciate that. It's a hard workout. But like, let's educate ourselves. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, let's make it normal. Let's make it part of a conversation that that's happens all the time. Yeah. And let's start somewhere. I bet you when you started this six years ago, you didn't think it was going to be what it no. is today, over almost 140 grand. Yeah. That it's the regular, everyday people that just take one step forward. It's one act of kindness at a time, right? Yep. For sure. And it's people like you that need to keep doing stuff like this. It's not the big organizations. Yep. It's not the ones running the the corporations, the white shirts. So it's none of that. Yep. It's the it's the little guy, right? From one little guy to another, I, I, I thank you for yeah. what you're doing. And I look forward to seeing how this grows. Yeah, we're pretty excited. Yeah, and I will be online with you guys nice. on the 13th and the 14th. Amazing. I will yep. not be working out because of my, <laughs> because of my broken ankle. Yeah, uh, that's okay. be tough with that boot on. <laughs> it is. Um, but I, uh, I also am not a CrossFit person. Yep. I hear all of the negative sides of this. But you're always going to injure yourself. Yep. So I am very interested in looking into this to see the other side of the coin. Yep. We've done a really good job, too, working with coaches throughout our community at different gyms to also provide scaling options so if you are 
injured or you don't feel as confident doing some of the movements or you're differently abled, that you're still able to find a way to participate if that's something you're interested in doing, whether that's decreasing the weight or doing a pull-up from a box or lifting a backpack instead of a barbell. We're trying to make it so that anyone who wants to participate can. In the past, one of our workouts, Jennifer, for a local Ontario police officer, we've turned it into a family event. So people have brought their kids and they've done it as a partner workout. And you see the parents pushing their kids up to do the pull-ups. And that's another point to what you were speaking of, is just spreading it and making it normal from even that young age. Yeah, the next generation, right? Mm -hmm. Well, my son knows you're not allowed to put up any Christmas decorations or have Christmas music until the 12th of November. And it's normal. This is how it works. Yes. And when you honor our people, then you can celebrate Christmas. (laughs) And I believe that's the way it should be. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. It's all all important parts. It's important for everybody to make it normal conversations. And And like you're saying, start young, start them at a point that, you know, as, as kids grow, that this is part of part of their culture, part of their DNA, part of whatever, part of who they become, you know, this is important. It matters. So, yeah, 100%. It matters. It's got to matter. Since it's only November 10th, you still have time if you want to sign up and participate in this year's event. Don't forget to log on over Zoom on the 13th and 14th of November if you want to be a part of the action. And as the founder of 24 Hours for Heroes, Gordon Hicks says, it's the details that matter. So please take a moment as I read out these details. Corporal Nathan Cirillo, Sub Lieutenant Abigail Calbro, Captain Brendan Ian McDonald, Captain Kevin Hagen, Captain Maxime Miron Morin, Sub Lieutenant Matthew Pike, Master Corporal Matthew Cousins, Captain Jennifer Casey, Master Corporal Charles Chuck Maturu, RCMP Constable Heidi Stevenson. Corporal Nicholas Bulger, Captain Nicola Goddard, Canadian Armed Forces Veteran, Corrections Officer, and Firefighter, Patrick Pigeon. 2021 marks the 100th anniversary of the Remembrance Poppy in Canada. In 1921, the distribution of the Poppy on Armistice Day by what is now known as the Canadian Legion was a way to raise money for veterans' needs as well as to remember those who had given their lives during times of war. Tomorrow, being Remembrance Day, donate to the Legion for your poppies. Put it on the left side over your heart. Wear it with gratitude and pride. And lastly, don't forget to educate and teach your children about Remembrance Day and the importance of why we wear that poppy. 